Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Friday Night Ohio podcast powered by CantonRep.com. I'm your host, Cliff Hickman, and I'm joined today by my co-host, Peter Holland, Jr. Peter, how are you doing? I am doing fantastic. How are you doing? Oh, it's great. We're coming off a long holiday weekend and looking to get into week four of the high school football season, and there are no shortage of things to talk about, Peter. Oh, man, it's every week is something to talk about. I I wouldn't even go that far. (laughs) Absolutely. It was a it was an interesting week three, to to say the least. A lot of big happenings. Of course, everyone is still talking about the Talmadge and Green game that went to multiple overtimes. Our friends over at the Akron Beacon Journal had a big discussion with uh, Nate Ulrich over on their podcast that covered all the details of that game, but that was obviously one that was pretty wild, Peter. Hey, I, I'm the one who called it out. It was going to be a big game, and they didn't disappoint. Ended by one point, and uh, yeah, uh, I I kind of feel that Tom Mitchell was going to find a way to win it, but you got to give props to Green. Um, for, for playing lights out and just hanging in there. So green is legit. So, and they've been showing it all week. This is a team that averages what 51 points a game. So they can score. And even though there's a loss for Tom, it's, this is still a man is to be a momentum boost for green. Absolutely. I'm going to get a firsthand look at them this week. I'm going to be. Over at Green as they take on Jackson, the Polar Bears got to two and one with a big win over Boardman last weekend. So that's shaping up to be a fun start to federal league play there. Sure, sure. Uh, that's something that I will probably take a look at as well. Something to keep an eye on. Um, Jackson, very competitive. Um, but I just, I just gotta give more praise to Green because this is we would have thought that Green after losing a lot of talent that I don't know what they're gonna do, but this is this kind of even this was a loss for them at the time, but I just gotta just give props to them for battling hard and I think that Jackson's not gonna go down easy themselves. I think they're gonna be competitive and I don't know but I think Green looks like they might could be the better team. Yes, I, I'm really interested to see Green firsthand. And another big one with a lot of intrigue, you've got Perry at McKinley. I did not see the Bulldogs starting the season 0-3, Peter. You knew it was a possibility, but now that it's happened, it, it's still still taking a little bit for that to set in for me. So remember what I told you last week, Cliff. It's going to get uglier before it gets easy, before it gets prettier. And that's really what McKinley is going through right now. 0-3, you, um, you don't, this is something that you don't want to start. And just based on McKinley's schedule alone, you cannot afford another, another loss. So hopefully they somehow going to figure it out while Barry, Barry's continuing their momentum, um, with their run game. Um, our, and that's something that's going to be a problem for McKinley is if how they're going to stop their wing-ting offense, especially against DeAndre, DeAndre um, Church. So this is something that is going to be 
another challenge for McKinley. Um, 0-3 is bad, but 0-4 is worse, and it's going to continue to get tough when you're going against federal league teams like them. Yes, it is a chance for him to start fresh, though, with the week in the federal league, but Perry is a, is a really good team. They could easily be 3-0, and their game against uh, the Canadian team and the, the Hall of Fame classic there I covered a couple of weeks ago went right down to the wire. Like What's you said, North? the object. Yeah, Clarkson North. That's the that's them that kind of slipped my mind. There <laughs> feels like a feels a lot longer than two weeks for some reason. But, uh, but DeAndre Church, I was really impressed with him when I saw him. He's a guy that if you make a mistake in an assignment, he's gone. You know, he's got that kind of speed where you're not going to catch him from behind. So if he cuts through your line or makes a cutback, you're not ready for. He's trouble. And like you said, the wing tee, you don't see it very much anymore. Really tough to prepare for. It's its unlike anything else. So keeping your assignments in check is key. So that's definitely one that I'm going to be watching really close. I think this is a big game for both teams. No one wants to lose that first game in the Federal League. Is Perry the only team in the state that runs the wing tee? I'm sure there are others, but locally – they are the they are the only one I can think. You know, I think Minerva has moved to that this season under uh, their new head coach Tim Speakman. So I think there's some other teams. It is a, you're right though. It's a rarity. You don't see you don't see it very often. And teams that do it well, I think sometimes it's an advantage just because defenses don't plan for that every day. It's almost like they really have to take time and coach their guys up to be ready for it because you really can't just do what you always do because there's so many, so many assignments and things you have to keep an eye out for. Yeah. It's definitely assignment football, but most of the time is only thing that you know for sure is, is going to be a run. And you have to be very diligent about your keys and assignment football. Like I've used to play linebacker, and one thing that you know about playing linebacker is you gotta read your guards. The guard will take you to the play. But sometimes when you're running wing T, it might be deceiving sometimes. So it could be a bit of a confused nerve wreck when you're hesitating. And I think Zach Slates is very good at designing plays too. They they will run some jet sweeps and some things that it doesn't even go to one of the guys in the backfield. The one guy spread out wide will take it sometimes. So they do some interesting stuff. So that's a game that a lot of eyes are going to be on. Uh, the other teams opening Federal League play, we've got Glen Oak at Lake. Lake is 3-0, and Peter, and looking good. Oh, man, Lake is just, woo. I don't know what else to say about them. They just find ways to be explosive. Probably the most explosive teams that in Stark right now. Uh, just play. Yeah, I think they may be the most complete team in the area. Yeah, because they they have it all. With the two quarterbacks, uh, they got the athletes, the weapons, and Ty Miller. The offensive line is stout. Uh, they just have it all, and. You can't, that's one of those things you just can't be, can't go down easily. Like they, they are definitely on the verge of another big run. And then we're talking about uh, Hoover not opening Federal League 
play this week, but this is a game that I think is going to be really good. Louisville at Hoover. I was at Northwest last week where the Leopards, they came out and pulled a big upset. They beat Northwest 16-6, to and they look, they look fantastic. I, I mean, Louisville, Jacob Davide, a linebacker, is a force. Their line holds up really well. Andrew Essick coming back off a season-ending injury last year is a really good back. I, I just – Davion Cruz, I really like their quarterback. He does some nice things. He can he can make plays with his legs and his arm. And and they, they played a really tough schedule, Peter. This is not an easy win for Hoover. It's going to be yeah, – I think this is going to be a really close game. A lot closer than what we give them credit for. Oh, absolutely. I think that this one might be decided by a touchdown or less. That's, that's kind of what I'm thinking. I think this is going to be tough. Louisville has played good defense all year, even when they opened the season uh, against Steubenville, you know, a really explosive program with a lot of history. And they played against Poland, who traditionally has a great offense. Um, their problem was scoring points, and it seemed like they had that figured out last week. The offense didn't look like it had uh, struggled at all. They had problems with turnovers early. They had eight turnovers through the first two weeks. A big thing they did against Northwest is they didn't turn it over at all. If they don't turn it over at all, they're tough because the defense is so good. They can generate opportunities for that offense, and that offense can wear you down. That that line Louisville's always known for kind of having good offensive and defensive lines, and, that, and that's the case again this year. Northwest, of course, has all the guys I've written about, Isaac LaFay and all those guys, and they managed to really hold them down in rushing yards, well under 100 yards as a team for a team that runs and usually runs very effectively. So I, I was just impressed by by Louisville, and, you know, I think – I think this is going to be a really great game. I really do. We'll see about that. I just one thing for sure is that um, they're going to have the game plan against Hoover and and their top tier athletes like um, Mason Ashby on both on different phases of the field. Um, whether if you went on defense, special teams, or even on on offense, you can win two of the three. You have a chance and. Hoover, they can win in different ways. So I'm very, that's definitely going to be fascinating to see how Louisville is going to execute against Hoover. That's, that's a, that's a great game. And speaking of Northwest, they're in another featured game. They, they come out of the gate with uh, three home games out of four. They're hosting Fairless. And this is one of the best Fairless teams we've ever seen, Peter. They score a lot of points. Uh, Northwest only six points, less than a hundred yards rushing, really struggled to throw the ball next week. I think this is going to be a big test for them to see how they rebound this week. Hmm. Is there any status on Nick Petro if he's going to play? I am, uh, I am not sure what the, uh, what the status of, uh, what his status is, uh, for this week. Uh, I'm not sure what the status for that game. I know uh, you mentioned Nick Petro from uh, Sandy Valley. They've got uh, Minerva down there, and Minerva had their game last week canceled by by the coronavirus. Uh, we've heard nothing about the game being off. So at this point, it looks like we're still on. 
And, and and you're absolutely right. Getting Nick Petro back to health and finding a way to get him on the field is another uh, big storyline for the week. Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm myself. I'm going back to um, Fairless in Northwest. Um, I, sorry, I'm just picking just picking up all the list of games, but yeah, Fairless for sure is another team that is very complete and loaded with athletes all over the place. So uh, you just can't – you just see that uh, they might not have the best athletes, but you can also tell that they're well-coached. And I think that's probably the best way you can describe with Fairless. And it wouldn't surprise me if they do put on another um, impressive win for sure. Yeah, I think that's going to be another close game, and that that's a great way to open uh, – lead play over in the pack seven there with that game. That's definitely the highlight of the week to me and that, uh, that game. And we're also looking at Warren Harding and Maslin. That's another really, uh, a lot of, a lot of big name power there. And that's where I will be Friday. That's a great place to be, Peter. How's that (laughs) one uh, shaping up so far? Uh man, I'm playing I'm I'm planning on checking out their practice tomorrow afternoon just to see um where their head is at. Uh right now we've been talking a lot on their offensive side, but we gotta give props to their defense too. I mean back to back shutout losses. I mean back to back shutout wins for Maslin. Uh so this has definitely been an impressive run so far ever since that loss to Moeller. And they have no reason to slow down either because uh, I'm sure they'll run away with the Harden team. But from what I was told, that they both got history. And that definitely will factor in that Harden was uh, – they were a powerhouse themselves at one point. And um, so they produced some football talent just as much as Maslin. And – I'm definitely wanting to see how the, this match is going to hold up. They're at home, and I want to see how this defense can continue their momentum between now and until they face the, uh, their next their next gauntlet of a challenge, which is Edwards. Yes, it's uh, it's definitely never an easy schedule for Maslin. The Tigers playing big game after big game. And uh, the next couple weeks, no exception. Then when we start to take a look at the Eastern Buckeye Conference, how about Central Catholic at Salem? It's not a league game, but uh, Salem always has a really great offense under Ron Johnson. They're always able to put up points. Central Catholic, another team that plays that tough schedule. They've got Jack Talkington. I think this is a big game. I want. I want to see Central Cali get take it up a notch. Um, when going against a Salem team, you know, we raised about with um, Jack Talkton, but I want to see some more consistency on the the players around him. And we've been seeing some guys outside of talking and producing some plays, and I hope that's my that's my concern and the question there for Central Cali because they look like they got they got guys. But can but can they be consistent offensively? Yeah, that's a, that's a big thing for them. I think as far as when you're talking school size, this one is probably a little more similar to them than 
some of the other schools they've played this season, like uh, Perry. So I, I think you're right. I think this is a big opportunity for Central Catholic to uh, get a nice result against uh, a, a school more more their size. And, and I'm really interested to see how they do in that game. And then when you look at some of the other games, non-league games in the Eastern Buckeye Conference, the Alliance Aviators are hosting Norwalk. Norwalk is uh, winless coming into this. Alliance is two and one and uh, really seems to be firing on all cylinders on offense. Absolutely. I think they're starting to continue to grow offensively, knowing that they got very, they're young, they're explosive. Zerbrug, we can't help but praise of how good he's been looking. Caden Davis, their veteran running back. Um, weapons from all over the place, offensively and defensively. I expect Alliance to run away with this. Yes, um, Alliance has scored 102 points over the last two weeks. Caden Davis already has 438 yards rushing and seven touchdowns. Brandon Zerbrug is thrown for 542 yards, and he also has uh, 254 rushing yards as a sophomore. He only had 294 rushing yards for the whole season, so that's an area of his game where he's gotten a lot more confident, Peter. That, that is crazy, especially you know that Zerbrug is gained the opportunity to, um, to scramble and find some links for himself instead of putting more on Caden, even though knowing that Caden, he is already on the verge of a thousand yards. So they pick your poison. If they'll, they'll beat you through the air or they'll beat you on the ground. Lions is like that. Yeah. Then Marlington at Cheney. This is a crazy stat, Peter. Marlington's 0-3. They lost to Ridgewood last week, 7-0. But, the opponents for the Dukes this year are a combined 11 and 1. They're playing a Cheney team that is 3 and 0. They've got quarterback Jason Hewlett. He's committed to the University of Cincinnati. The Bearcats are expected to use him as a linebacker. His top receiver is DJ Waller and he is uh committed to the University of Toledo. So no shortage of weapons and firepower Marlington has to go up against again this week. Talk about going against the, what, a small school Giants, I guess you could say it is definitely, uh, definitely you can see that uh, it's going to be very interesting to see if they can handle going against those heavy hitters that you mentioned. So, uh Marlington, we'll see. Owen, right? uh, it's like you don't want to start the season on three. That's the scary part about the whole thing. And for a lot of teams, and I keep saying it, it'll get uglier before it gets prettier. So uh, let's see if Marlington has enough fight in them to go in against that team. I think Phil Morrow's doing a great job there and, and is finding a way to stay in the game. Speaking of Ridgewood, they're playing West Branch this week. Ridgewood has won 31 consecutive regular season games dating back to 2018. And last week, their only touchdown came on a fake punt. Could this be the week that uh, that streak comes to an end? It's possible. Drew DeShields has already thrown for 889 yards and 
12 touchdowns, and he's also run for 236 yards. So that's a tough assignment for any team. Absolutely. But I will bet my money that Judy Shields, he's going to He's gonna show up any any day, any given day, every given Friday night. So I would probably bet my money that Judy Shields is gonna put put in more work. Yeah, I think this is. I think I think that Ridgewood streak is in jeopardy this week. I think it's in real jeopardy. So that's another one to really keep an eye on. And that that is the top games of the week. Peter, is there anything else you'd like to add for this one? Uh, and then I will probably say uh, there was one guy, probably my top performer, um, for for um from last week. We haven't really get to discuss that, but we've been t- we've been pra- praising about Pooch Poochie Snyder a lot with Kansas South, but they got a star of a player in the making and freshman um Xavier Culver is his name. He who scored six touchdowns, that is ridiculous. And he's only 14 years old. That's almost unheard of. Uh, so they, they can sell Mike got something here. So that's, I just got to give a shout out to that kid, man. 14 years old, going to the big boys, varsity minutes, and you're scoring six touchdowns on them one night. So that's my top performer. Yeah, they've got a game against CBCA this week. That might be a chance for him to uh, put a few more touchdowns on the board the way the Canton South offense is working. Exxon Culver. I think I missed his name. But that's Xavier Zion. I, I'm pretty is just to be clear, it's Exxon Culver. Absolutely. It's a name we're, uh, we're not going to forget. And one, I think we're going to be saying for a long time on these podcasts over the next <laughs> few years at that age. Well, that's going to do it for the week four look at uh, high school football in the Stark, Stark County area here on the Friday night, Ohio.com podcast powered by CantonRep.com. I'm Cliff Hickman and this has been Peter Holland Jr. And we will catch you next time. Thanks for listening.